like them fast. Welcome to another episode of Scarlet Jimmy's, fresh off of a 51-14 victory over the Panthers. I am Kyle Posey. I am joined today by an opponent blogger, and that's what we're going to do over the next couple weeks. Just change it up and bring somebody from the other team. I'm joined by Billy Marshall from Cats Catch Reader. Billy, what's going on, man? Hey, doing pretty well. You know, still trying to decipher how the last four hours went down, but (laughs) that's that's the NFL for you, I guess. It really is. There's no way to know this. The Panthers are four and two. They had the third. Do you agree with that? Did you feel like the Panthers were that good coming into this game defensively? Um, no, not really. And I mean, you, you know, Scott, obviously Scott Leedy, who, um, who I share a podcast with and, you know, him and I, we've been discussing it. We think they're a, a good, like above average, a good defense somewhere like in the seven to 12 range. Um, because like they still generate like a ton of turnovers and you saw one early in this game too, but overall, like as a unit, they still have a lot of issues schematically, um, even Steven Ruiz of USA Today, who does a really good job, he, he's he been covering a lot of the issues um, that can be uncovered in Ron Rivera's defense. Um, there's just a lot of areas where uh, you know, there's holes that can be exploited and for a, you know an offensive designer and play caller like Shanahan. It's just you know second nature to him to exploit those uh, deficiencies, and you saw that throughout the game. I mean, it wasn't even like... You know, funny at some points it was just like essentially like the 49ers were conducting like a practice session i mean it, it was just <laughs> remarkable like how they were just executing and finding ways and that's, that's the thing that was for me it's like the 49ers were missing both of their starting tackles so it's not like they have like the you know 2014 cowboys offensive line out there like mauling dudes like it's not like that at all um so yeah i mean overall like a little discouraging but uh what are you going to do about it, I guess? Yeah, the 49ers are setting the tone early and often in these games. Uh, and obviously, we're not counting the game against Washington where there was a monsoon. But this game especially, man. So the the way the ball bounces, this this is pretty much summing up the, the 49ers season. The very first third down of the game, ball goes off of Kendra Bourne's hands, deflection, call it whatever you want to call it, straight up into the air, lands – right into George Kittle's lap. The 49ers go on seven plays, 75 more yards, five, five minute, 46 yard drive, or sorry, five minutes, 46 second drive, seven and nothing. And from there, they, they really don't look back, but that could have all gone a different way if the ball just didn't bounce another way. But again, that's what we're seeing in the, from this team early on. They're just, they're, they're getting bounces that they didn't get last year. And, Turnovers are obviously playing a big story. The defense is all over the place. But, man, they're just – like you mentioned, when – how here's how I described Kyle Shanahan today to somebody because he just does a fantastic job at finding the other team's weaknesses. And he will highlight those weaknesses in a hurry. So I know my next-door neighbors when we were kids, they would take magnifying glasses, put them under the sun, and just torture bugs. What I see from Kyle Shanahan is – that exact same against opposing defenses. The magnifying glass is Kyle Shanahan. He's going to find the weakness, which is the bug, and he's going to make you die a slow, painful death. And that's exactly what happened to the Panthers' offense today. But you kind of talked about they still had some success on the ground. So 
why, in your opinion, were the Panthers not able to continue their success? Yeah, so I mean, obviously earlier in the game, and you know, someone brought this up to me on Twitter is that Shanahan is going to script out the first, you know, few plays of, you know, his first drive is probably up there with Sean McVay as like being unstoppable, or, and in, in some respects, I expected seven nothing, and then obviously the next, um, you know, drive, you know, Carolina goes three and out, and you know, Garoppolo throws the interception to Kittle, or excuse me, to Keekley. And Carolina gets three points. And after that, I just felt like, you know, the Panthers were essentially in a trailing position. And, you know, it did, you know the interceptions, you know, gave San Francisco, like, plenty of, um, you know, really good field position. And they were just able to capitalize on that. And I mean, essentially, the game was almost out of reach. And, yeah, I, I was a little complaining about it on Twitter, just make some jokes about how the Panthers were trying to establish a run, like, down 27 and 20, you know, plus <laughs> points. But... Overall, like, you know, McCaffrey still ran the ball pretty effectively, in my opinion. Um, you know, that was a little surprising to me, given, you, you know, how much San Francisco kind of schemed him out, especially in the passing game. You saw him getting a little frustrated, you know, having some, you know, extra words with guys, like their linebackers and safeties towards the end. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, overall, like, I was yeah, a little just disappointed more so with the passing game than, than anything McCaffrey did. I think the running game is going to be, you know, their kind of bread and butter as like the year goes on. But today, uh, you know, due to like the nature of, you know, how the f- flow of the game was going, the turnovers, which set up the 49ers in a really good position and just, uh, you know, the inability to execute offensively throwing the ball. I think that just kind of, uh, you know, put the game essentially out of reach for, you know, the Panthers in, in order for them to kind of establish their run. Yeah. And Kyle Allen came into this game without having thrown an interception. And that was one of the big things that, the media was leading up to well, 49ers, they haven't played much, you know, many good offenses. And Kyle Allen hasn't turned the ball over. So this game is going to be close. Just did you can see Allen's stat line, but as a player, has he like how how has his luck been before today? Because clearly he did not look like a player that hadn't turned the ball over at all. Right. I mean, no, he he's certainly been really fortunate. Um, by not throwing interse- without having an interception up until today, and I, I think today was essentially like essentially like a regression uh, back towards the mean because I would say his first start against the Cardinals he was pretty flawless, um, and but I think Arizona is going to do that to a lot of. De- I mean, especially early in the year, Arizona's defense was not very good. Um, uh, I think they've kind of tied th- some things up since then. But uh, secondly, I, I would say that if you watch the game against Jacksonville. Um, he threw like two or three interceptable balls. Uh, I mean, one of them, he actually did throw an interception, but they got bailed out because of it was a defensive penalty. And the game against the uh, the Bucks in London, he threw like two or three interceptable balls. And then one was um, actually, it was ended up being a touchdown reception by Curtis Samuel because he kind of just adjusted much better than the defensive back. So, his ball placement has certainly been an issue the past few weeks. Um, you know, outside of that game against the, um, you know, the first game against the Cardinals, he's, you know, hasn't really had many moments where he can look back on and kind of, you know, help him kind of validate his resume. Essentially, I mean, he's a decent thrower in the, you know, intermediate range, like the ten to fifteen yard area, um, especially like if you can give him like that one read and he can just like sling it. Uh, but but I think that there was just a little bit too much hyperbole 
on you know his performances because I think that mainly had to do with the de- the defense putting the offense in really good uh, positions with turnovers and then you know McCaffrey being kind of the linchpin of the offense. Um, so yeah, I mean today did not really shock me. I think it was essentially just you know, a combination of factors finally just rearing its head, and you know that's just the way it goes. So um, yeah, I'm not really surprised. I mean he also had like what seven fumbles. Um, yeah, <laughs> coming yeah, in so, today, he had yeah, the exactly. ball six times, and, and, and that no one, conveniently yeah. never gets talked about. Exactly. Um, so yeah, just going back to the start. So 49ers come out. Kyle Shanahan scripts a great opening drive. Has the Panthers running all over the place with a chicken with their head cut off. Don't know what to stop. They score. Then next drive, 49ers get a sack. Nick Bosa, who had a Pretty okay game today, I'd say. Yeah, just all right. Not a not too shabby. And then, yeah, you mentioned the the first play of the second drive for the 49ers interception. So on that play, Jimmy G underthrew George Kittle. If you guys watch, go back and watch the play. He just had his mind made up. He was throwing that ball to Kittle no matter what, and that that's kind of been his issue this year. Is he makes up his mind? He kind of hitched, double clutched. And he had Pettis wide open. Like, there's there's literally nobody lined up over Pettis. And he runs an out route. And I'm not sure why he didn't go there. But that we talked about a, adversity a little bit. So the, four, the defense takes over. Short field. Um, the Panthers have the ball on the 41-yard line. Hold Carolina to a field goal. Eric Armstead gets a big sack on third down. And you talked about how Carolina has, has, hasn't been able to basically deal with adversity to all this season. San Francisco has been pretty much the opposite of that. This defense has been put in some terrible spots by the offense this season. And it just seems like over and over they keep, they keep answering. But for Carolina, you feel like it's the opposite way where once things start to go bad, that's just all she wrote. The, the, the ship basically sinks from there. Is that true? Yeah, I, I, I would say that's an accurate reflection of it. Um, I mean, I'll go back to last year on Thursday night when they went into Pittsburgh and they just got the doors blown off them. Similar to that, they gave up a 50-burger. And essentially, like, you know, a few things went wrong and everything just essentially compounded itself and it led to such a demoralizing loss just like today. And, um, you know, for me, I thought, you know, maybe when they made it 27-13, to 13, they'd be able to go back out there and, um, you know, just keep it respectable in some ways, but uh, you know they weren't able to do that defensively. I don't think it was an effort issue either. Um, I'm not really one to call out you know individual players for that. So I don't I don't really think that was an issue at all. I just think that when you're you know just getting out coached and out schemed, you know th- that's the result you're going to get. Um, so you know it's obviously just a collection of just failure from pretty much every unit. Maybe special teams kind of played well but still i don't really think it made a big difference considering just how poor the offense and defense were yeah so after that sack by eric armstead the 49ers go touchdown and six plays 75 yards i think the most demoralizing part for a defense is when you just have no shot at stopping the opponent and that's what it seemed like just when i say chicken with their head cut off you talked about this a little bit where the Panthers are a very aggressive defense. And by very aggressive, I mean borderline reckless, where they are just going to go all out in one direction. Kyle Shanahan saw that. 
Kyle Shanahan would pump one way, throw back the other. He would use motion to get Carolina flowing in one direction. They just had no chance, and there were some serious running lanes for the 49ers all day. And not just running lanes, they were wide receivers running wide open down the field, 15, 20 yards. It was almost as if, like you mentioned, practice from the jump, but it was almost as if they were, they were playing on air. Just what, what, was, what was the problem? This has been an over-aggressive defense all season. What did you see from Carolina? Like, what were the issues? Yeah, so for me, it, it just goes back to watching the Panthers, like, over the years and watching them go up against Kyle Shanahan, who they faced twice a year when he was the offensive coordinator with the Falcons. And going back to 2016, when Matt Ryan was an MVP and um, they had one of the best offenses of all time, it was just essentially their over-aggressive tendencies with their linebackers to flow so hard to the play side which essentially just creates so many voids on the opposite side of the field but today like i mean you you saw some of that but it's just like the the mindset and what they're being kind of you know taught to do uh because you just saw like on like that the touchdown that i think debo samuel was it who's you know scored in that trap play uh i mean just shanahan being able to just kind of use like that Panthers defense is like a game board to move players out of position. And it's just, I mean, it's, I mean, demoralizing to just watch as a fan of the other team. But at the same time, you just, you're in awe of it because it's done so excellently. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just going back to it, like the Panthers have just always had this like tendency to kind of, you know, get up field in their rushes and their lanes, which creates so many voids. And I don't know why they do it because they're, pretty much a defense that plays a ton of zone um so it, it really doesn't really kind of resonate well with me and uh, ron rivera after the game said that, i mean what we just what we're saying right now is like yeah we're an aggressive defense and that's how we're going to play but <laughs> so it's a little concerning to hear that when you know you know that the, the opposite you know sideline is just going to be able to take advantage of it and i go back to week one when they faced the the rams uh, at home and uh, you know Todd Gurley was pretty quiet but uh, I think the Rams run game they you know rushed for over like 150 160 yards because you know the same thing McVay was able to kind of dictate gaps by pre-snap motions and play action um, which just allowed him to create so many explosive runs you saw that again today and uh, yeah I was hoping the Panthers would learn and adjust from that experience but I guess not yeah and that Debo play came after speaking of adversity so to start the second half, 49ers offense is backed up. Jimmy G takes a sack after left tackle Justin School gives up a sack. Panthers march down and score after a long run by Christian McCaffrey. And he also punched it in, I believe, on the – he scored the two-point conversion, right? Uh, McCaffrey did score the two-point conversion, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. So adversity, 27-13. The other team has a momentum. And 49ers don't flinch. They come back and they have a touchdown drive of their own. And that was capped off by the 20-yard trap play by Debo. So on that play, Emmanuel Sanders is lined up right behind Debo Samuel. Sanders goes in motion. Linebackers run, scream to the edge to get to uh, Sanders. Lakin Tomlinson pulls. He was supposed to kick out out whoever the defensive lineman is. 
Debo runs underneath the defense, makes one cut, and waltzes into the end zone. So, yeah, that that was a great timing of that play call. But again, the 49ers did a great job of answering, and that was that was pretty much what we saw all season. That's what we saw today. Just I guess going back to earlier part of the game, the Emmanuel Mosley interception. That was Kyle Allen's first interception of the game. How how late was he on that throw? Because for me, like I'm just looking at it from a defensive back point of view and Mosley did a great job of just trusting what he saw it was a, a slow developing hang concept like curl flat concept if I remember correctly and I, it was it Samuel that he threw it to uh, I believe yeah it, it was Curtis Samuel who he threw it to um yeah for me when I was watching it live you, you know they they definitely went into that um I think he was anticipating the curl flat concept because I think DJ Moore was sort of just like a clear out route um, running down the seam there. But on the opposite side, I think, was his second read where Olsen uh, was running a corner route and he had leverage on the you know corner who was essentially uh, you know in, in two minds there with the flat concept in the corner. Uh, so I feel like, you know, in some respects, he probably... I mean, he had a clean pocket too. That, that's the other thing that was a little annoying about it because, I mean, the coverage was pretty tight uh, by Mosley. And so, like, if he came off that read, he potentially could have anticipated Olson on that corner out uh, with the corner squatting on the opposite side. Um, I mean, even if it doesn't get completed there, I mean, you place that ball, you know, right towards the sideline where only a receiver can catch it, then maybe, you know, it's probably an incompletion. But, um, you know, that would <laughs> – it's a better, uh, you know, option than throwing it where he did uh, because, right. I mean, it just wasn't a good throw. Uh, I mean, the coverage was really tight. So, I mean, overall, just not great. Just from a defensive standpoint, I love the fact that Mosley is trusting what he sees and he is confident enough to be able to sit on a route against a speedy receiver. But that just tells you technique over athleticism. So we had a bet with Cat Scratch Reader for whoever has the better game for each team's defensive line will get to pick the display name and the 49ers had so we had three three different um stats it was sacks tackles for loss and it was quarterback hits so we don't have the quarterback hits yet um espn doesn't tally them correctly 49ers had seven sacks carolina had three 49ers had nine tackles for loss carolina had seven so just by that alone they won. You did not need me to read that to know the 49ers defensive line outplayed the Panthers defensive line. So, Billy, how good is Nick Bosa? I mean, he's he's certainly a special player, but I, I mean, you made a pretty funny uh, point over the weekend that said uh, Chase Young might be the best edge rusher to come out of Ohio State. <laughs> We're not going there right now. We are not doing that right now. This is all about Nicholas Bosa. No, seriously, though. Yeah, um, no, I, honestly, like, I, I honestly rated him really highly as, like, a prospect coming out. And I just, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to even discuss the other guys in defensive line because I certainly think it helps having him, uh, having them, uh, you know, kind of just give him so many, like, opportunities to, like, you know, feast on other line, or linemen and uh, but no, like I, I just, I mean, he's a special player. Like, there's really not much else you can say. And uh, I mean, he's definitely going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, and that kind of speaks. And it's not like he's running away with it either. Like, there's other really good 
you know, defensive players like Bush in Pittsburgh, Josh Allen in Jacksonville. Uh, Burns has I mean, been decent so far for the Panthers. So, like, he's certainly, like, going up against a crowded field, but it just speaks to, like, how good he is that not only is he going to run away with, like, the defensive rookie of the year, but he could potentially even be the defensive player of the year. Um, just with all the production, just how he's able to impact games. Like, it's kind of crazy how good he is at this age. So, Bosa finished the game with three sacks. And that honestly doesn't of how well he played today. Obviously, he had the interception, which was a, a very athletic play just to be able to get your hands up and come down with that. But, I mean, he's having plays where he's beating the left tackle, beating the right tackle almost like instantaneously off the snap, and he's in Allen's, Allen's lap. But these aren't – like, this isn't the only time that that happens. He does this every game. He didn't do it against Washington, again, because – Obviously, the field conditions were it didn't allow him to, but uh, that's why I was kind of leaning towards. Is it, you know, is it prisoner of the moment? Is it too much hyperbole to say a rookie can win defensive player of the year? Because if he has another game where he just pads his stats, where he gets three sacks, it'll be tough to keep him out of that conversation. No, I mean, I think you're spot on. I don't even, you know, a guy like Gilmore is probably like the best defender on the best defense, or probably the other really good defense in the league like he's obviously like really good for film junkies and people who really like to watch the game but he's not really like producing like a ton of like turnovers and i know i know it sucks to like really judge defenders that way but like the voters do um so when the voters see like bosa's coming up with like these game-changing plays and the sacks on a stat sheet and all that stuff like i mean i certainly think he has like a strong case for it i mean especially if he continues like as he's going because that's and i expect him to yeah, it's it'll be he has a chance to lead the league in sacks, seriously. So he came into the game with four, he had three. Shaq Barrett has been it feels like he's been stuck on nine since he had all those sacks in one game. And that was the league leader coming into the day. So Nick Bosa certainly has a chance and it will be interesting if he is able to, like you mentioned, keep coming up with these plays because he's going the 49ers are gonna continue to be on TV, especially if they keep this win streak going and you know, just being visible, that that does make a difference, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, just going back to that adversity where the Panthers had it 27-13, and it was, I believe it was second down, second and short. Just Shanahan and his genius showed again where Kittle caught a, a pass down the seam, and the 49ers, I believe him and Sanders did a little switch release where they just cross each other and they go up the field. Carolina did not have an answer for it. And we just, just going back to Shanahan is able to be so multiple and just like move guys around. Very simple. It's not like he's being extra. It's not like he's doing these things that other offenses don't do. He just the, the timing of his play calling, the usage is just really amazing. And I feel like I, I learn something every time I watch a Kyle Shanahan led offense. How do you feel after watching his offense, knowing just like the? Okay, first let me ask you this: How talented do you feel like the 49ers' offense is, just from a talent, pure talent perspective? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think they're certainly talented in at the skill position. I think that. I mean, there's the thing is like they don't have like the truly like blue chip star 
I guess Kittle is one. I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, more about the the receivers and the running backs. Like, they don't have, like, a blue chip there. Like, Sanders is really good. Samuel, I mean, I think he's going to be good. I was a big fan of him prior to the draft. Uh, I mean, I know Pettis has been kind of a, in the doghouse here and there, but I've, I still believe in him. Um, and, I mean, they didn't even play with uh, Marquise Goodwin today? They did not. Yeah, so it's just like, for me, it's like the perfect like collection of talent like as far as like what you want like a Shanahan offense to look like because like I, I made this point earlier in the game when Tevin Coleman scored that first t- touchdown because like that's the thing he did when he was in Atlanta against us just like finding like the open hole and just running through it and he understands like which angles to take I you know going through like the hip of like the blockers in the zone scheme and he just like bursts up field um and a guy like that, and obviously, like you have the blue chip tight end prospect, probably the best tight end in the NFL, uh, in Kittle. Um, I don't know why I call him prospect, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's certainly a game changer. And I don't think Carolina did enough to really bother him. I, did I don't even think did Jimmy even make any throws like outside the hashes? That is a great question. <laughs> Where would you next gen stats has that right? Uh, see, I haven't even checked it because I've been recording. But yeah, they would have no, that, that. But um, that that is, that is really funny to think because I don't I don't even remember like about. seeing I, no, like, he, Dante Jackson get involved. No, Sanders for a okay, yeah, yeah, he did. You're right. Um, but so, but no, that, I, yeah, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, just going down the line. So Sanders finished with four catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. That sticker out that he caught was the exact same. I mean, if you look familiar to you guys, is because that was the same play that Dante Pettis scored at the end of the game. Um, it's almost exact same location and everything. But just looking at the rest of the receivers, Sanders, four for 25. Debo, three for 19. And after that, the next leading receiver was Tevin Coleman with two catches. So the, the receivers still aren't getting involved, but they don't have to. And George Kittle is a receiver. He's a tight end, but he's a receiver. Six yeah. catches, 86 yards, and that was just, I mean, screens and seams where he's not even being challenged. So that that falls on Shanahan to me just when I watch these guys. And he brought up Tevin Coleman. What, the usage today was not how he's been used all season, and that's what has been pretty frustrating just for me because the one, like, the one area where Tevin Coleman should be getting the ball is when he has an opportunity to just outrun guys to the sideline put his foot in the ground and just cut up field. If he sees a crease, that is exactly what we saw today. For whatever reason, it seems like we're seeing a lot of Coleman up the middle, Coleman off tackle, but nothing Coleman wide. And today he finished the game with 11 carries, 105 yards. He caught a touchdown, obviously two catches, 13 yards and a touchdown, but everything it seemed like was to get Coleman on the edge. And that's where he is at his best, man. It was a, it was really good, just really good usage all around, and it was it wasn't like they, the 49ers offense did any sort of trick play or trickeration as as they say, just just getting the getting the Panthers to run in all different types of directions. It was it was a beat down, it, I guess is the, is the best way to put it. Yeah, I think for me, like even that just kind of speaks to like the testament of like how good of a coach uh, Shanahan is because like. Again, I spoke about it earlier. Like they don't have a really great offensive line, I don't think. 
and you're missing your two starting tackles that you've invested like a decent amount of capital in. I mean, Stilly, he's on a big deal, and you know, McGlinchey was like a top ten pick like a couple years ago. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not like their interior is like you know the best in the world either. And so, like when you're able to just like kind of dictate, you know, you know, the opposition that way with you know the some of the parts like coming together, I think there's that just speaks to like how brilliant of a coach that he really is. Yeah, fifty-one points without a starting two tackles. Without their fullback, who is a fullback, but he is a very, very important piece to this offense. And then we also have missing one of their starting wide receivers, Marquise Goodwin, and offense did not miss a beat, man. So we were going to go through each positional battle and talk about, you know, who won which battle, whether it was the 49ers receivers against the Carolina DBs and so on and so forth. But Billy, is there... Was there any battle that you feel like the Panthers won today? Uh, I mean, probably not. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel that way. But again, I don't. I mean, if you, it could have been. I don't know. I, I don't see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in this score, it's probably not. I, I guess you could make an argument that James Bradbury like held his own outside, but I think that for what he was probably being assigned to do. I don't really even think like the design of like the play call kind of asked him to really, they put stress on him. And so like, they just attacked the middle of the field. And that's really where, you know, the 49ers offense was able to create explosive plays. So, I mean, but again, I don't really think that's, you know, a, you know, (laughs) going to come up. I just think when you get beat down like that, you know, everyone, you know, it's a culprit of it, and yeah. it really isn't any matchup that you were able to kind of win. So the, the four stats that we were going to go over. So third down, red zone, yards per play, turnovers. Very basic stats. But they usually help paint a picture of just how the game went for each team. So 49ers on third down, they were 5 for 10, so 50%. The Panthers were not 5 for 10. They were 2 for 13. They, I mean – once you get behind the chains on this defense, that is just all she wrote. And there was a lot of hype coming into this game about the defense. I have wrote at nauseum just essentially every day it feels like how good this defense is. And we keep talking about they haven't played this, they haven't played this quarterback. But if you just watch them play, their style of play, it's going to carry over to no matter who they play. Did you feel like the 49ers defense – is as impressive as the hype that they're receiving. Certainly so. And it's certainly, um, you know, they're certainly aided by the fact that they can just rush four guys and and let the, the back end kind of do their thing. And, um, but yeah, I, I, overall, I was just really impressed. I was like, obviously, we know Bosa is like the big name, uh, but I was more impressed with some guys like Armstead and Buckner. Um, you know, Armstead, I was a really big fan of when he came out back in 2016, I think it was. And uh, I mean, he made some really like, you know, great plays like the one, the first sack that he had where he was able to just kind of to flip his hips and, and, and turn and bring Kyle Allen down, who's a pretty athletic quarterback, I should say. He's not like, you know, just like some mobile, you know, kind of statue. Uh, he can make plays on the ground and he was able to kind of corral him and prevent him from getting the first down. I thought he was really outstanding today, and 
Uh, I mean, you other guys like I forget who ninety eight was, but he made some pretty good plays. You know, he's kind of like responsible in some ways for the long touchdown run by McCaffrey. But um, Ronnie Blair, baby, yes, Blair, and he had the sack at the end where he just kind of threw down Daryl Williams, which I put a clip of. Um, it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think this defense is. I don't want to say it reminds me of like the bears of last year or the jaguars of the year before i think they're a little more different in that those defenses certainly had like the luxury of having like a high quality like secondary and i don't want to take anything away from your secondary it's fine but i think this defense is a lot more how do you say it um like you can kind of be able to kind of stabilize your defense in the future if you keep your front four together uh, because like, they wreck so much havoc. And uh, I mean, again, I don't want to take anything away from the guys on you know on the back end, but you know, th- the way they're kind of just able to kind of take over a game just reminds me of, in, in some respects, the Panthers of like 2013 um, when they had such a dominant defense, uh, defensive line especially. Uh, so yeah, I mean, those guys were as advertised and you know, I know you guys just signed Fort uh, this offseason and you just drafted Bosa, so hopefully you're able to keep the other two guys and kind of continue to, you know, beat up on other teams. Yeah, I think that is a great point. Just as far as just when talking about the front four and the back sevens, or yeah, I guess that's that's fine, the front four and the back seven. So Mosley is probably not going to be as aggressive as he is in that on that interception play if he hasn't consistently played in his four starts with a defensive line that is getting after the quarterback at a crazy rate. So that's a good comparison. And I, and they are going to hey, what, make with what do you car- think? Cause there's been a lot of like discussion about like the value of like coverage versus rush and all that stuff that's been happening on football Twitter. Like, I mean, what do you think like the 49ers defense is kind of like, like the main identity of it. So to be, they invested, they traded a second round pick for a pass rusher. They used this number two overall pick on a pass rusher. They did not use a pick on a secondary player until the sixth round. And they also, their only other player that they brought in was Jason Verrett, who has not finished the season in God knows when. So it's clear that John Lynch and company feel like pass rush, greater sign, coverage. But they also got. I mean, they got a healthy Richard Sherman. They knew that Achille Witherspoon was nowhere near as bad as his PFF grades they, um, said he was last season. He just had some pretty bad safety help. And, I mean, they had some some rough mental mistakes last season that they're just not having this year. But the coverage is much better on the back end, no doubt about it. Still, they just the pass rush is unreal. And I, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up Armstead because he's been – just balling out of his mind all season. Like he, how he played today is how he's played in every game this year. He's been a dominant force, and he's going to get a lot of money, and he deserves a lot of money. Just I know, you know, you want to be leery of paying a guy in a contract season, but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna finish the season with over ten sacks, and he man, he looks really good. That that sack that you were talking about walked the center back. Almost took like a like a ninety degree three cone angle to to get to Allen. Very impressive play, very athletic play. I mean, he's been he's just a powerhouse man. He's, he's really good. Uh, going moving on to the, the other stat. So red zone, 
The Panthers ran 63 plays. None of those came in the red zone. Did you know that? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wasn't surprised at all. I mean, for me, like, I was pretty surprised that they, I think, I'm trying to, like, recall, like, how they crossed half field. I think they crossed half field as a result of um, the safety, the, the punt on the safety, which allowed them to kind of run McCaffrey into the, t- into the end zone. And the other one, I mean, they already set up at, like, the 35 was after the interception. So outside of those, I don't think they actually carried like a drive from their own territory into the 49ers territory. Or if they did, they barely did. Um, so, I mean, I, I kind of like walked that through my head a few times. I was like, have they crossed midfield yet? <laughs> and I, I finally just clicked to me like, yeah, they have. But it came as a result of the safety punt, which put them in good field position and the interception. Uh, you know, outside of that, they just weren't effective. And I've been pointing this out for weeks when certain segments of just the media and some Panthers fans who are so like caught up in this Kyle Allen versus Cam Newton debate, which (laughs) thankfully ended today. If it didn't already, it's like this offense is still like not really good. Like if Allen was possibly like actually like elevating this offense and you know, they were efficient. Like, yeah, I would maybe consider like, okay, like maybe he, he should be the full-time guy, but like, you know they were just aided so much by McCaffrey and the defense that, um, yeah, th- this is essentially how it is. And you know, I kind of feel a little bit for North Turner um, because, you know, I, I still have my criticisms of him because you know he's not a perfect coordinator like a Shanahan or McVay, but he's fine and he's he's a fine coordinator. And you know, I I, I just felt for him because like I, you could tell Allen just was so shook like that he really wasn't sure like how to operate within structure today and usually he has been fine it's out of structure where he struggles coming off that first second read but today even in the first read like it just it wasn't clicking with him at all and i kind of felt bad for um norv as you know he's trying to create some type of game plan to combat you know the ineffective quarterback play and i want to be very clear that in my opinion, McVay is not on Shanahan's level as a play caller. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I would agree. I would, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, if you watch the, I mean, again, we played the Rams week one, and you know it's easier easy to sit here um, and criticize Jared Goff because he wasn't good that game, and he wasn't. Um, and I, but I, I still think, like, even if you look at the stat lines of Goff that day and Garoppolo today it's pretty similar about what they were asked to do. And it's not a slight to Garoppolo at all. It's just the reality of it. It's the fact that when you have, you know, the opportunity to like find wide open guys and set up screens and stuff like that, then, um, you know, your quarterback is going to essentially not be minimized, but what they're asked to do, uh, isn't going to be as, uh, as much as, you know, other offenses and, schemes um so for me i thought carolina was in some respects able to limit um you know the explosiveness of the rams offense um you know in that game too they had three turnovers by cam newton um and one of them was nearly returned for a pick six which you know essentially resulted in you know seven points so i mean you just look at the box score in that game i think the panthers were fine especially defending the pass um, you know, screens, and uh, they were able to kind of limit them. But today, even on screen passes, they weren't really um, able to defend uh, the 49ers. So, yeah, I, I would certainly agree. I, for me, I think Shannon was probably one of the best 
offensive coaches, maybe in all of football. Um, so no doubt about it. And I've, and it's easy to say that since like I write about the 49ers now, but I'm sure you've heard me say this like for years and years and years. Like he's, he's been ahead of the game. He's always one, two, three steps ahead of the opposing defense, whether it is like we saw today, the first drive, they had no shot. Like they honestly had no shot. And like you mentioned Garoppolo and what he's asked to do. If you are a play caller and Josh McDaniels does this with Tom Brady as well, you are going to take the free yards. And when you are getting free yards at on these screen passes, if Carolina is not going to adjust, you're going to keep running those plays. If you are going to just have like Emmanuel Sanders sit underneath on these underneath routes or George Kittle run down the scene by, by using play action and misdirection, that is not a quarterback problem. And I, I do agree with you that you know Garoppolo's role is minimized, but at the same time, like that is just good play calling. Like, he doesn't have to be a Deshaun Watson where he has to run around and do it himself. Uh, getting over to the last two stats, yards per play was 3.7 for Carolina, 6.2 for the 49ers, and the, the Panthers had three turnovers compared to the one by the Garoppolo interception. Uh, we talked about turnovers talk about adversity so one reason and all we need is one reason why the 49ers won the game for me the defensive line the same thing that has won the 49ers probably five six maybe all seven of their games like you mentioned when you can rush the passer with four yard four players and not just rush the passer get after the passer with four players and this is happening. It felt it felt like today, these guys are beating their man in under two seconds. Just one move, two moves, and Kyle Allen is running. And the Panthers don't have great pass protectors, but there isn't. There hasn't been a team that's been able to slow down this defensive line, and I, I'm not sure that there will be one, honestly. So my reason is the defensive line and Armstead, Bosa. I mean, we saw. We just saw guys in the back of the players. So all these guys get after it. So what? What's your one reason? Um. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I'll follow you and say that the defensive line for the 49ers just. I mean, I mean they were certainly a, a treasure to watch. And you know, it sucks to watch when you're going up against them. But man, they are. There's something special. Who is the MVP for you today? Well, it's certainly easy to give it to Bosa. Um. And he's certainly in consideration. But for me, like, I don't know, like, if this is a cop-out, but I would give it to Kyle Shanahan. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's just, I I just enjoy watching his offenses so much. And, you know, it really sucks that every time, you know, I really get a close look at it, he's, like, just destroying my team. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, like, you know, the expectations coming into this game are a little low. So, but you don't really fully appreciate him like until you actually get to like watch up close and watch the replays. Um, I mean, I think I thought the replay telestrators that they used were pretty cool in this game, just showing like all the different motions and how they were able to create so many open gaps and alleys. So, you know, for me, like he's just such a special, like um, play caller and offensive designer. Uh, you know, I re- you don't really appreciate him until you actually like sit down and watch. I mean, everyone, you know, loves watching Oklahoma and these other offenses in college, but I still feel like 
uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, remains at the top for me until otherwise proven otherwise. Yeah, what he can do with 12, 21, and 13 personnel, I've never seen anything like it, honestly. And I, so I chart these games, and usually they're using the 49ers are using motion on around, um, around 50 to 60% of the plays, which is a lot because the other teams that they're playing, 20, 30%. And it doesn't sound like much, but motion, for whatever reason, defenses are not able to react. They get all out of whack, and it opens up a running lane. It opens up a crease. It allows guys to – it just puts the 49ers in a numbers advantage. And I think that's why I'm, like, I'm not going to go Kyle Shanahan with mine. I'm not going to go Nick Bosa either just because, duh. So I'm going to go – I'm going to give it to Tevin Coleman because I thought this was by far, in a way, the best. He's, he's looking at 49ers uniform. Over 100 yards, three touchdowns, had long game, like long runs too. And that, that's what I think that's what we've been waiting on is to see Coleman look, show off his speed and get in the open field and outrun players. And, and that happened a few times today. So I'm going to give it to him. Hopefully he keeps that up. He might have to because I'm not sure about this, uh, this free injury. I'm sure we'll find out more on that moving forward. But yeah, man, Billy, I want to, I want to thank you for joining me. Wish it was a, you know, a closer game, because I'm sure this would have been much more interesting to talk about. But, I mean, for us, it was great. 51-13. Billy, where can the people find you on the Twitters? Yeah, so I'm at M underscore 91. You can follow me there. And I also write for Cat Scratch Reader, which is the Panthers affiliate on SB Nation. Um, but, yeah, follow me on Twitter. and. And gets it together and Carolina reels off some wins might be uh and then we can see you in the divisional round because the 49ers 7-0 and don't look like they're destined for a wild card break at all you can find me on the twitters uh at kp underscore show Billy, anything else before we get out of here uh no um that's pretty much it thanks for having me on and uh you know good luck the rest of the way always always Thanks again, guys, for listening. 51-13, 7-0, 49ers. Have a great night.